Hello, 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 and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. With me, as always, your co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. Birthday boy, fresh off his birthday Tuesday night. Happy That's birthday. That's right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Do you feel older, wiser? So I definitely don't feel wiser. Mm. That's never going to change. I do feel older only in the sense that when people started asking me how old I was, I couldn't remember. Yeah, I'm, I'm like that. I, I'm like, uh, we watched Tick, Tick, Boom, you know, and there's a line in that first song, uh, the 3090 song, yeah. where he says, uh, you know, how you're you're 29 you still feel like you're 22 or something like that yes um i feel like that i feel like i'm perpetually stuck at like 22 23 like when people ask me my age or like if somebody makes me think about my age that's where i'm at and that's not mm-hmm. that's not the case anymore so yeah, it's and it's weird that's because you're a dad and that's what happens that's why dads um get locked in the the, the era that they felt they were strongest and mm. most um impermeable and 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 uh, I don't know what other word I can think of. <laughs> I don't feel like I felt that way at 22. I felt like at 22, I was in a full-blown existential life crisis. Well, really, that's okay. like my constant state of being. So it's like, <laughs> but that's just sort of where it started. So maybe that's why. I don't know. I've just been stuck in a loop for the last seven years or something like that. But I feel you. I feel you. Like, you get another year older, but in your brain, like, you're not. You're just like, well, still X age. Some comedian says that <laughs> he says that um, a man uh, chooses his style and stays there the year he gets married. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. for the rest of his life. It's so true, man. It's so true. So, and just to perpetuate that, I'm wearing a Columbia sweatshirt right now. So or, I don't know if that speaks volumes or not. Hey, Columbia, Columbia is a thing. Okay, cool. Yeah, Columbia is good. That's good. It's fancy. Uh, well, happy birthday, Kirk. Yeah, that's all. I, that's all I was trying to say. I wasn't trying to criticize your age or anything like that. God knows I wouldn't do that. But we're here. We're yes. on popcorn for breakfast. We are less than twenty-four hours away from when Kirk and I will feast our eyes on Spider-Man: No Way Home. Hard to believe. Really hard to believe. Man. But we're almost there, Kirk. We did it. We made it. In fact, in 24 hours, we will be walking out of the theater. We will have seen it. Yes, that's right. We will have seen it. And I don't think it's too bold to say that we'll never be the same again. Perhaps. Perhaps. I I think that is the perfect statement. The reviews are pouring in. I've been perusing. You know, just, just keeping my feet keeping my finger on the pulse on the zeitgeist, you know, trying to see, see what's going on there. Uh, haven't read any details, really just like headlines. Um, buzz is good as you would expect. I think this is a heavily anticipated film, so that can only go one of two ways, but I think Marvel, you know, Marvel's not going to mess it up. They're not going to like, they're not going to botch it. I feel like that was the thing with Endgame was like, Everybody's waiting for the reviews, waiting for the reviews. It's like, well, they're not going to blow it. <laughs> like it's going right. to be, it's going to be good. The question is how good, how amazing, et cetera. And I think that's very much the question here. Um, so I'm excited. Kirk, I want to, before we get into anything, I do want to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home because the next time we record, we will have seen it. And so before that, I want to ask any last bold prediction, and I'm talking bold prediction for Spider-Man No Way Home. Maybe something, so here's, here's what I would say is bold. 
anything outside of Andrew and Toby appearing in the film, any kind mm. of prediction like that. What if it relates to one of them? No, I think that's fair game, depending on what it is. I'll, I'll determine if it's bold enough. Oh. <laughs> okay, I see you. I see you. Um, I would say prediction involving Andrew and Toby, because we're on a first-name basis, as you know. Oh, yeah, of course. Is that Andrew dies in the oh. in No Way Home. Andrew dies. Andrew Garfield, as Peter Parker, dies um, because he has the best potential to have an acting career. And so I feel like he would sacrifice himself in the production team. Like, I'll do it. I've got a whole bunch of movies lined up, so I can't do this anymore. It's too hard. <laughs> Whereas Tobey Maguire really um, got into some trouble back in the day um, with some gambling, high-profile gambling case. Um, Hashtag Molly's watch. Game. Hashtag Molly's game, man. It's him. And so I feel like this is his chance to uh, win the, the audience's love again and really get back into Hollywood's heart. So I'm going to go. Uh, Andrew sacrifices himself in order to make Tom Holland and Tobey Maguire live on in the multiverse. I like it. I, I don't like I don't know no matter what if we'll see these two again past this, you know, like like maybe maybe there's some sort of spider mentorship thing going on, but. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Andrew Garfield's a good candidate for that just because, you know, he's lost Gwen Stacy, he's lost Uncle Ben, he's lost a lot. It's sort of the Spider-Man curse. They lose things, they lose people. Um, yep. So I like that. I like that. I like that. I could see I could see maybe both of them being like, hey, you know, we had to make sacrifices. You shouldn't have to do that. We're, you know, we're going to get you out of here alive. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. My bold prediction is this. Miles Morales. Very nice. I think it's the classic. I think it's the classic bait and switch sleight of hand trick here. Like, ooh, look over here. We're gonna tease all these things. We're gonna, you know, we've got, you know, potentially Toby, potentially Andrew. Though they they really did. I really do feel like they tried to keep that under wraps as much as possible, um, mm-hmm. as it could be. But I think that it could be like look at this shiny thing and then boom, MCU miles Morales in your face. Like that would be dope. I would yeah, be, does he, I'd be fired does, up. Does he walk in, in the end credit scene or is the end credit scene, the sinister six breaking vulture out of the prison? I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I think vulture could be in this movie. I think there's a lot of options on the table. We're one. We are by count one villain short. So the, that's, that's the other big question is who's the last villain, but mm-hmm. would mm-hmm. love to have a miles Morales moment in here. You okay. know, pops over Andrew, from the, from the multiverse and, and helps out. Andrew Garfield dies and, and miles Morales joins. There you go, everybody. That's what will happen. That would be for you. Most likely, as things go, Cameron will be right, and I will be just <laughs> grossly mistaken. Well, my, I feel like I feel like there's no way I'm right, but I would love it. Like I would love the move, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so, Spider-Man: No Way Home. In, in 24 hours, we will have seen it. We've talked a lot about it. It'll be our final review of 2021 uh, when we record it next week, prior to the holidays. And what a what a way to end this year. Um, which has had a lot of big, high-profile movies, um, but probably none bigger than than Spider-Man: No Way Home. So it's a it's a adequate exclamation point on the end of this year. So mm-hmm. we'll be excited to do that. But let's 
dive into some of the other stuff that's going on around the film and TV landscape and news. Let's pop it up for what's poppin'. Well, Kirk, a lot has changed with regard to the Hollywood Foreign Press Association over the last 12 months. It's been a rough 12 months for those guys. Yeah. Um, their organization, for those of you not privy, was under much scrutiny following the last Golden Globes regarding the fact that there were no African-American members of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which is obviously a glaring oversight in an organization that's that big and has that much influence. Um, you know, they were... There were basically pay-for-play type schemes going on where they were, you know, we we always have called the Golden Globes a popularity contest, Kirk, me and you, just kind of casually. It turns out, yep, uh, definitely the case. Whoever's got the deepest pockets can take home an award. Um, so all of that's going on. They got removed from NBC for all of that. So 2022's Golden Globes will not be televised on NBC as, as they have been for the last few decades. But... They will go on. <laughs> they, they continue on. They persist. The Hollywood Foreign yes. Press. This has... year they are streaming on Quibi, exclusively on Quibi, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I mean, they will be live streaming somewhere. I know they, they did a live stream of the nominees, uh, like the nomination announcements with, with Snoop Dogg, um, which like, <laughs> yes. yes, but also why? Um, <laughs> like, I'm happy for this, but also why is this a thing? Um, they had that going on. So there will be some sort of terrible live stream of the Golden Globes. Uh, frankly, it was terrible on television too. So it, it just, it is what it is. But they remain influential awards, one of the bigger award shows of award season. And we got the nominees earlier this week. So here's the thing. We, <laughs> we have tried and failed to talk about nominations every year because it's incredibly hard. It's incredibly hard to like talk about it in a way that's not just you listing off all of the things and then us and then like us reacting to it so here's what i want to do i'm just going to talk about best picture and then if we have anything else we want to chat about let's get into it so golden globes divides best picture race weirdly into drama and then comedy or musical so the five nominees for drama are belfast coda dune King Richard, Power of the Dog, and the nominees for comedy or musical are Serrano, Don't Look Up, Licorice Pizza, Tick Tick Boom, and West Side Story. So yes. with those nominees, Kirk, any anything there that you're like, well, this is a glaring omission, or was that list basically what you were expecting? That's exactly what I was expecting. I don't know that there's many others. I'm trying to scroll through the episodes of films that we we have reviewed to see if there's anything else that I'm like, wait a second, why wasn't, you know, Clifford the Big Red Dog in this or uh, The Kitchen? I know we're a year removed from that, but I'll never I'll never stop telling that joke. And, you know, The Harder They Fall was pretty great. It was. That's a little sad. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised. Like a few a few that have been definitely making the rounds in terms of like Oscar best picture buzz are things like uh, the tragedy of Macbeth. You know, the, that's mm-hmm. the that's the Cohen brother <laughs> movie uh, by the one Cohen brother that stars Francis McDormand and Denzel Washington. Right. Uh, you've got uh, Nightmare Alley, which is uh, Guillermo del Toro's next. 
film that is getting a lot of buzz. Um, and then there's things like The Lost Daughter, which is the Maggie Gyllenhaal film that won at the Gotham Awards. Um, Spencer, you know, there's a few. There's a few yeah. there that could be that could be considered. I think just based on what you're seeing around, but like overall, not a very surprising list. Yeah, not shocking. But uh, now that you kick those names out too, I'm like, wait a second. There's there's more. There's room. There's room for more. This year, more than others, seems like. Not that there's a lot of um, mediocre films, but there's a lot of films that are contenders for best picture that we have rated six through ten, you know, six through ten. Yeah. And I would say that even at the sixth level, I would say, yeah, I see why that would get nominated uh, for for best picture. And I feel like the ones you listed off there, it's like, well, you know what? I would put that in over that. And I'd swap a couple of those out. Um, I mean, it's really kind of shocking. Harder, the harder they fall, it's not in there because I really enjoyed that film. I really enjoyed it too. I thought it was really well done. Um, maybe the, maybe the marketing for it just wasn't good enough. Uh, but I think this is a pretty, I think this is a pretty safe list overall. But I, th- I do think, to your point, like in years past, really for the last few years, there has been a runaway candidate yeah. for best picture. You know, the parasites of the world. Uh, the La La Lands, even though La La Land didn't win. You know, there's usually one, even if it doesn't end up taking the big award. Like, I know uh, the year that Green Book won, that Roma was sort of the leader in the clubhouse heading into the final night. And so there's right. usually one film that's like, this is the one that's going to win. But this year, I feel like there's, you know, there really is a lot of competitive parity among among the, the batch of potential winners. So it'll be interesting to see. And and I don't know how different the Oscars... Like, a lot of times I look at the Globes list and I'll go... Because people have always said that it's a you know prediction. It's like a precursor to the Oscars. And in most cases, it's really not. Um, but this year, more so than most, I look at the list and I go... I'm not sure how different the Best Picture nominees for the Academy will be. Because usually the Globes throws in one, like, one or two curveball selections. Maybe they're fair voting panel now has eliminated that but uh, there's nothing here that i was like that's a ridiculous choice based on what i've seen so far right and still having had have not still not having have seen belfast yeah i still think it's the biggest contender i do i just have this instinct my irish my irish whiskers literally are tingling and waving around pointing in that right direction i think belfast is going to clean up i know it got the most nominations just by a hair and i think it's going to clean up i think dune my prediction right now is dune wins for best drama because that's a very globes thing to do like pick the blockbuster film to win like i I, they've done it before is it because they pay the most money to their voters cameron maybe traditionally yes so i don't know (laughs) if that will still be in play but it does feel very globesy for them to select a movie like dune and then on the comedy or musical side i would i would think west side story just based on you know yeah how how it has been widely received so far it's Steven Spielberg. It's a class, you know, like there, it has a lot of very traditional sort of things going for it. Right. It's a, and it's a good story, right? You know, one best picture when it was nominated in its original year and why not have it win again, you know, at least at the golden globe. So yeah, I see it. Plus the scale. I think the scale of West side story is bigger than a lot of those others too. Like tick, tick, boom is very intimate, very small scale. Um, you know, I haven't seen Serrano yet, but 
certainly things like licorice pizza it's a it's a paul thomas anderson it's going to be a pretty grounded pretty small scale so i just feel like they'll tend to go with something that's like beautiful production design you know big sweeping musical and and they'll go with that but that's the globes we'll keep an eye on that and, and i'm sure we'll be dragged into watching the, the whatever live stream they have going on whenever the time comes but that's the globes you can see kirk posted all of the nominees on our social media pages so if you're curious enough to go category by category you are welcome to do so there on our social media pages do it okay next up finally getting some casting news i say finally this movie is is pretty new to our knowledge but oppenheimer this is the christopher nolan christopher nolan's next project following tenet that was sort of making the rounds right around the time that tenet came out everybody was saying like Here's the next movie he's going to be working on. There's all these mysterious clues. Well, now The Hollywood Reporter has revealed many of the cast members, and this cast is stacked, Kirk. I mean, huge. Mm-hmm. Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, Killian Murphy, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, Rami Malek, and Benny Safdie are the ones that have been added so far, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Um, this will be interesting. This will be interesting. You know, we always joke about, or at least I do, that Christopher Nolan jumps between like mind-bending psychological thriller and classic war film, and this is definitely like in the period war film category. But that cast is super intriguing, Kirk. What do you? How do you feel about the way this is shaping up so far? Matt Damon. I'm really excited about that because besides his uh, so very surprise appearance in Interstellar. Um, he's not been in another Christopher Nolan film, I don't believe. I think that, I think you're correct, yeah. And, you know, that was, I mean, that blew my mind. That was, like, best kept secret in Hollywood, in all of Hollywood's history, when he shows up in that. So, I, I don't know what to expect other than just greatness from this cast. Um, I feel like when you get cast for a Christopher Nolan film, I feel like those actors must feel really seen, because... Christopher Nolan just pumps out some incredible work, but he's oh, yeah. also got very specific work. It's almost like he's the dramatic, um, uh, just unpre- unpredictable the version to uh, kind of parallel to Wes Anderson, right? So Wes Anderson, you know his style. It's very specific. You you can either do great in it or not. And I feel like that's the same for Christopher Nolan. Like you could hide it a little bit more in Nolan's films because it is a drama. But I feel like if you're not good, if you're not holding your weight, it's very apparent. So, but all of these actors, I think, have proven themselves. So it's a very good selection of team members there. Yeah, and he's got you know, some people that he's worked with in the past, Killian Murphy, most notably, we know that Chris Nolan is, is a big fan of what he brings to the table. We are alike in that sense, me and Christopher Nolan, probably the only sense that we're actually alike in, but uh, we both like Killian Murphy, but Robert Downey Jr. I mean, that for me is the, is the headline stealer. Cause I just, he has done some stinkers outside of the MCU during his run in the MCU. He was kind of like doing these fringe movies and a lot of them are rough hello doolittle um (laughs) like there are some real stinkers in that bunch and so i i love this idea of getting him a role with a proven i mean like you said kirk i mean this is the guy you know christopher nolan is among the best in the entire industry and doing a period piece which i know robert downey jr has the chops to do and a very specific sort of intimate story, I, w- I would assume, about the creation of the atom bomb 
and how that all went together. So I'm excited for RDJ. Benny Safty, you know, he got, we think of the Safty brothers, the directing duo, but Benny Safty has acted in a lot of Safty brothers films, but also got cast in this Obi-Wan Kenobi series that's coming to Disney Plus and now a Chris Nolan film. So that's yeah. an interesting one to keep an eye on. And Florence Pugh continues to slay. People know what she's about and she's Dude. awesome. So very exciting. Very, yeah. very exciting. This this team can do no wrong. Uh, like you said, with Robert Downey Jr., he has got a long history of just a variety of roles and it'll be really cool to see him with Christopher Nolan to see what he bubbles up out of him. Um, will we get, you know, the sarcastic Robert Downey swagger that we know, um, even, even pre MCU that was already yeah. there, uh, that was built into his whole lifestyle. But what else are we able to pull out of him at this stage in his career? I think it's really exciting because he could go any direction. He is just, just uh, just watch some of his early work, the things that he was nominated for, the work, the the roles that he took on. I feel like this might be a throwback to some of that in his life going forward with Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be. It's certainly a very intriguing cast. Every once in a while, you get a cast list and a director combo where you're like, "Ooh, that's going to be interesting." Kind of like David O. Russell's upcoming film. He's got a, a yes. crazy cast coming up for that, and so you just kind of. <laughs> You're like, all right, I'm going to keep tabs on this and see how this develops. But this is definitely one of those projects. Um, okay, moving right along, we have a lot of quick hitters. And then I want to do some trailer roundup because we had a bunch of trailers come out last week. I'm not going to like, we're not going to get in depth on them, but we're going to chat about them real quick. But before that, let's do some quick hitters. First of all, Kingsman 3, the third Kingsman movie in the, in the primary franchise is in the works. And it will be... It is expected to be the wrap-up of Eggsy's storyline within the Kingsman franchise, according to comicbook.com. So right now we've got The King's Man, which is coming to theaters. Uh, after much delay, there was, there was the Disney Fox merger that delayed it, then there was COVID that delayed it, and so now it's finally coming out, uh, which is the prequel. And then now in the works is a, is a third one. Do you think... After this one, this will be the end of the Kingsman franchise, or do you think they'll continue to try to milk that cash cow? I think they'll definitely try to milk it again, but I think they need to take a break, uh, even though they took a long one, <laughs> only because uh, first one, gold, original, fantastic, exciting. Yeah. Second one, good, strong, but forgettable. So I'm not like too excited about this third one. Even when it was first announced, I was like, eh, don't need it. <laughs> oh, the prequel? So, yeah, the yeah, people, I feel yeah. the same way. I think, yeah. and I love Ray Fiennes like a lot. I think he's one of the one of the great actors that we have, and he's perfect in that kind of role. I mean, he's very much they very much typecast him, but it's going to be good from him. But like for me, I feel the same way, Kirkley. The second one, and I wouldn't even necessarily say the second one was like solid. It was just really, it was just good to look at, you know, because Matthew right. Vaughn has this really sharp style. He's he has like an almost Guy Ritchie esque feel to his films and obviously like it's like Guy Ritchie mixed with like I don't know something with over the top crazy violence like maybe David Leach or like like I don't know something crazy I think that's it um, <laughs> I think that's it right there. it's like that combo which is makes it really good to look at and and kind of crazy and fun and exciting and that's really all I got from the second movie and I'm not really expecting much more than that from the prequel. And I'm and I can't say that I'm totally bought into the story of the prequel film, but 
Taron Edgerton is great. So mm-hmm. him getting to finish out that character of Eggsy in a third one, like I'll, I'll be more interested in that third Kingsman film than this prequel, A King's Man, or <laughs> I think that's what it's called. The, ki- the King's Man. So. The King's Man? <laughs> yeah, and like... It's always fun when you get new IP that's successful. Like, I think people felt that way about Free Guy, too. They're like, ooh, it's like an original concept that has legs. Like, we can work with this. And that's, you know, Kingsman was the same thing. But, like, let's not go too far with it. And I think we're we're already, you know, it's it seems crazy to think that four films would be too far. But we're already kind of teetering there. And, like, let's let Matthew Vaughn do some other stuff. Because, I, I you know, I like his approach and would like to see it outside of what's going on with this franchise personally. It's time. Let him. I think that he is has been locked in a basement and they said, no, you will finish <laughs> out this story. And he says, please, I have other ideas. That's right. They're like, no, no. more Kingsman. More Six Kingsman. more. Seriously. Uh, it's That is the human condition, man. We just, like, if anything <laughs> happens to be good, we're like, more, all of it. I want all of it. And then we're like, now I hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the worst thing How about us they? as a people. They went too far. <laughs> the excess, Meanwhile, Godfather man. 4 is coming out in 2025. Oh, man, I know. It's, it's uh, yeah, it never ends. Okay, other quick hitters. The video game adaptation movies keep coming. Next up, according to IGN, is a Mega Man movie. They're calling it live action, and Netflix is the studio behind it. So Netflix, Netflix has been doing some interesting things lately. They've been dipping their toes into adapting anime into live action series which they just did with cowboy bebop and canceled it after one season like literally like a week after it came out they were like and canceled (laughs) so i don't know that it's necessarily going well but now they're dipping their toes into the video game water i don't even know what a lot what live action mega man means does that mean there will be a person in a mega man suit like a person playing mega man it, it would, would have, have to. to. Yeah. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> I think it will be bad. I think it will be bad. And, you know, we'll talk about the Sonic 2 trailer in a bit. But you and I both slammed Sonic the first one. Because yeah. I think one of the big er- like errors with that that we both had is, like, if you're going to make a Sonic movie with a really nice-looking three-dimensional Sonic character, why not just make the whole thing, like, three-dimensional Sonic because we are used to seeing him in that setting and not next to real people and it's really weird so why not just do that and I feel the same way about this Mega Man like why do we need a live action Mega Man why not just make like a like a totally animated film yeah especially because in this case you know you 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 are <laughs> they're catering to the wrong audience because yes. we're going to want to see it because those are the characters of our childhood and even our parents childhood but you're you're putting this to our kids and bringing us to see it they don't even want to see live action characters no. they would rather have the full blown cartoon so give us the full blown cartoon yeah and like mega man's costume is really cool on a cartoon character on mm-hmm. a human being it will look absolutely stupid it's just like bright blue it's gonna look plasticky and dumb i just i don't know yeah it's gonna be i mean you can't unless like is the concept to make it look like iron man suit because they're not gonna get it right flat out they're just no not and, and netflix is just like i mean i love netflix but a lot of times with you know certain things they do incredible work on and it's calculated certain things they do 
below average work on and it's calculated. They go, mm-hmm. well, people will see this because it's called Mega Man. Slap the Mega Man name on it and we'll we'll keep rolling. That's that's honestly this that's the red flag. That's a red flag yeah. for me. Alright, moving along. This is really interesting. A Disney Plus series is coming out. It's in the works. This is according to the Hollywood Reporter. The Disney Plus series is called Our Time. And the series premise is that it's about a teacher helping her students recreate shot for shot the Goonies. So it is a movie about kids, or it's a show about kids creating the Goonies as a shot for shot remake as like a class project or something, I guess. Sure. Yeah. What are your thoughts? (laughs) I think they're going a little bit um, layered there, like, High School Musical, The, the musical, musical, The, the Musical. Series. Yeah. <laughs> but I dig it only because I love The Goonies so much that as a kid, I played that on repeat all the time. And I love that they're calling it Our Time. Like, that's brilliant. Out there, it's their time, their time. Down here, it's Our Time, Our Time. Like, that's brilliant. So it's pretty cool. To, uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. I don't know if it'll hold any weight, but uh, hold any water. What's the phrase, Cam? Hold water. Hold, a new, hold water. Hold water. What a or terrible hold, phrase. Hold weight, too, right? Hold, hold, hold any. I mean, they if, both work, right? If you're listening, please call us right yeah, away. Please help. Help. help us. We were talking about our age at the top of this episode. And, uh, <laughs> Kirk and I both showing. now have dementia, apparently. So. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I will definitely check it out. It's probably not going to be the greatest thing, but I think it'll be like a little guilty pleasure. Ultimately, I will tell myself that I will check it out and I will never watch it. It's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like Mighty Ducks, the series. Um, what I find with Disney Plus shows, I don't know if you have the same opinion, Kirk, but let's talk about it. I feel like the the premier Disney Plus shows like all the MCU stuff and obviously the Mandalorian is like really high quality good television and everything else is just kind of crappy Mm, you know like the tv shows kind of look crappy it's almost like it's almost like daytime tv or like network tv like it's just not high quality and i just come to expect a little bit more than that from streaming content like i want it to be above network tv quality and a lot of times it's like disney channel type quality or something around that with these shows which i get that's kind of what they're trying to replicate but i'm i'm not into it i will not get into it Mm -hmm. so you're saying you are against this series uh yeah i am yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm saying i'm saying i'm okay with the premise and i actually think it's decently interesting otherwise i wouldn't have even put it in the the podcast but i will not watch it i don't think there's any chance that i watch it yeah, you wish them good luck, but um, <laughs> Best of you luck. know that they will fail. <laughs> I will wait until everybody tells me, OMG, you have to watch this. It's so good before I give it a chance. Is basically what I'm saying. Okay, okay. And then you're going to watch it. You're like, guys, I have the greatest discovery. <laughs> you're going to claim it as your own. And you're like, no one has looked at this. They've overlooked it. Our time is the single greatest MCU. Sorry, single greatest Disney Plus. There's a twist. Single greatest Disney Plus show ever made. It could be. Though I get really upset about, like, we've talked about it before, but I, I'm like a super hipster snob. And like, if, if, if people tell me to watch something, they're like, OMG, it's the greatest thing ever. I'm like, I will not. I will not watch right. it. I won't mm-hmm. watch it. And like, honestly got kind of mad at Ted Lasso because it got like so big. Yep. It's like, 
I am no longer interested because this is no longer a cool thing. It's like everybody watches it and everybody tells the jokes and I'm over it, which just makes me a terrible person. But that's okay. That's okay. I'm at peace with it. All right, moving on. Trailer roundup. We need a sound effect for this. If, if this is going to be a recurring, if this is going to be a recurring sound uh, segment, we need a sound effect or something. We either need a siren or we need like a western. Yeah, we do. We do. Here, which one do you want to do? I think both. I think both. I think. It's, do you want to do the siren or the, or the western sounds? Wait, right now. Right now. Uh, I'll do the siren. Okay. <laughs> Ready, set, go. I did like an air raid siren. I just like kept getting higher pitched. Okay. Um, yeah, we need to we need to workshop that, but that's that has potential for sure. Um, okay, so we got four trailers that I would call of note over the last week, and I'm just gonna run through them and say what they are, and you tell me if any of them caught your eye for good reasons, not for, or I guess potentially for bad reasons, but mm-hmm. if any of them caught your eye, let's let's go. So number one, Sonic the Hedgehog two trailer. Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. That's the third uh, film in the Fantastic Beasts series. Notable there, we got our first look at Mads Mikkelsen as Grindelwald filling in for, I say filling in, replacing Johnny Depp. Um, The live-action Halo series for Paramount+. And finally, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent starring Nicolas Cage. Any Mm. of those trailers jump off the page to you? Absolutely, the unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> I, I thought you might go there. Uh, this is Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas Cage in this movie, and I think I watched that trailer four times within one hour because <laughs> <laughs> no joke. See, was- this is what I like about that is that the trailer is only two minutes long. So the fact that you watched it four times in an hour is not all that impressive. But when you start to think about it, here's what that means. It means that you watched it and then you sat with it for a while and then it called back to you over and over again multiple times over that hour that's what i like that i think that that's definitely true it is uh this thing has been on our radar for so long when we found out that he was doing pig willie's wonderland this film and i think there was one more the tiger uh, king series right the tiger king series when those all got announced like within the same month we're like yes give it all to me and now they're all almost all the way out here this is the one i was most excited for and i think we announced that on the podcast as well because what what an incredible study of a character i mean the only other example of this that we have which is not even comparable is being john malkovich back in the 90s does not compare <laughs> yeah does not compare completely different careers nicholas cage has so much more star power than that goon and i am so excited to see this yeah i'm surprised that well i shouldn't say i'm surprised i but the fact that nicholas cage's brain didn't twist itself into a pretzel having to play himself is shocking and amazing and a testament to his massive talent. Um, but, you know, he's Nick Cage. You know, he can he can do no wrong. Doesn't he actually say that in the trailer? Isn't he like, I think so. Nick Cage? <laughs> I think what's funniest. Oh, my gosh. That's like my honest laugh. That's like the real one, yeah. Right. What's funniest is that it's called The Unbearable <laughs> Weight of Massive Talent. Yeah, and this cast is great. Pedro Pascal, Neil Patrick Harris. There's some there's some good ones in there. We I don't think I ever posted the trailer the other day on social. I need to do that. Um, 
tomorrow. So I'll do I'll do that. Whenever you hear this podcast, it'll be up it'll be up somewhere on social that day. But yes. um, yeah, that certainly looks good for me. Outside of that, the other one that caught my eye was Halo. Was Halo just because first of all, it's a Paramount Plus series. We don't get a whole lot of like we haven't got a whole lot of original content from Paramount Plus yet, and so I'm eager to see if it has legs. But also like. I dig this concept. I, I don't always love when video games get adapted into stuff, but Halo is a great candidate for more development, more like diving deeper into that world. I mean, it came out in the early 2000s, the game, and immediately became this worldwide phenomenon that can that continues to persist as this huge franchise. Um, you know, Halo Infinite just came out, and it's like a huge deal. So. I'm actually excited about the show. I've never owned an Xbox, but I've played Halo. Um, I've been a Sony and Nintendo person my whole life, but Halo's a great game and has really high potential to be a great show, and I liked what I saw in the trailer, so I'm excited about it. Uh, Definitely. I'm watching the trailer as you speak and didn't realize it was live action. Yes. It's got some nice glimpses. Um, honestly, looks like a what Disney Plus would put out in a trailer. Uh, it looks like they're Mandalorian, honestly. Yeah, yeah, uh, it does. It does. And Master Chief looks good. The set design looks good. Like it, it looks pretty tight for a, a Paramount Plus series. So I was very pleasantly surprised. And I happen to have Paramount Plus for soccer purposes. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely checking that one out whenever it comes out. Um, the other two, Secrets of Dumbledore, Sonic. That does nothing for me. Jude so, Law does, but. I'm not going to see that movie. Okay, in but okay, you say that, but let's be honest with ourselves, both of us. Did you watch The Crimes of Grindelwald? No, not at neither all. Neither did I. Neither did I. And I and I didn't even hate the first Fantastic Beasts movie. It was just that after that movie, I had no, I no longer had interest in the story. I have always Wait. had intention to go back and watch it, but I've never prioritized it ever. Wait, is Jude Law in Crimes of? Yeah, he's Dumbledore. I had no clue. I thought this was his first appearance. No, no, it's not. It's not his first appearance. But, uh, yeah, I, and, and like the recasting of like Grindelwald, who's like a main character. I love Mads Mikkelsen and I love Johnny Depp. But yikes, it's a mess. Yikes, it's indeed. a mess. The Wizarding World they need to shut her down. I know that. Um, the I, I'm forgetting her name. Amy Sarnoff that I mm-hmm. hope that's right from from Warner was like you know we'd love to continue to make more this is like hot off the presses we'd love to make more Harry Potter type content but it has to be the right thing and I'm like newsflash this Fantastic Beasts thing not the right thing not the right thing I think no. <laughs> you have all. yet to recapture the magic of the original series if that's even possible um but like, let's shut her down on the Fantastic Beasts. Like, please, let's please just shut it down. Also, but here's what I do want them to continue to do is to continue <laughs> making titles that are noun, <laughs> like plural <laughs> noun of name. That's what I want <laughs> because eventually, over time, we'll get to some really ridiculous titles like the Farts of Voldemort and stuff like that. <laughs> and that's what I'm here for. That's what I really want. Yes. We've got the crimes of Grindelwald, the the secrets of Dumbledore. So there's definitely a theme going going here. Eventually, it's going to be like the ham sandwich of Hagrid. You know, some like something <laughs> something really wild. And that's you know, I will stick around for that for sure. All right, <laughs> moving Thank along. You. Last thing, some just content you guys should keep your eyes out for this week. So 
Ron's Gone Wrong, which was a 20th Century Fox animated production that got gobbled up by Disney in the merger and then got released to theaters. They didn't they didn't really market it at all outside of like some toys at McDonald's. My kid's got and he's like my Marshall's like, what is this? I'm like, Ron's gone. I don't know. I, I have no <laughs> idea what this is. I like Googled it. Um, but it's on Disney Plus. It got good reviews. So if you are into that or you have kids, there's another thing you can do to try to get their attention for a little bit. Wes Anderson's film, The French Dispatch, is now available to rent on video on demand. Um, Hawkeye, episode five, five of six, I should say, is now streaming on Disney Plus. So definitely go check that out. And if you are checking it out, make sure to go to either YouTube or some past podcast episodes to listen to our spilled popcorn recaps of Hawkeye. We're having a lot of fun with that series so far. And... That's all I got. Well, um, this weekend, Spider-Man. I mean, it goes without saying. I didn't even put it in my notes because Spider-Man's in theaters this week. So. Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. I say it four times because <laughs> Miles Morales is going to be entering. And then I take one away because Andrew Garfield will be dying in this episode. <laughs> it's an actual fact that if you buy a ticket to a movie theater to something that's not Spider-Man, they will just politely redirect you to a spider-man <laughs> they're like sorry you must not have known this is actually this is what we're showing today like i know you wanted to see uh i don't know god knows what. king richard in kanto but yeah sorry <laughs> like you're actually you're now seeing spider-man so how fun. what if they shut down all the other <laughs> film reels and uh no matter what you what you got what you actually put your money towards and they just play that one to be dead honest home. like we have a 15 screen movie theater that we go to all the time right by us if i were them i'm putting spider-man on every screen i want to yes. make it so that if anyone decides on a whim that they want to go see spider-man they can see it in the next 10 minutes because like what's the point otherwise like you and i saw west side story the other night we were th- you know me you and my sister aubrey were three of five people that's in right the theater. and when we saw Encanto, uh, my wife and my kids and i on sunday matinee showing it was basically empty so like screw it spider-man it up baby it's it's projected to make uh, 150 million domestically opening weekend that's better than any movie has done in the pandemic era so mm-hmm. like lean into it but i cannot wait 24 hours kirk we're almost there all right but before we get to that we do have to talk about this week's film west side story so we're going to jump into that right now let's pop it up one last time Thank you for listening to this episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. Our executive producer is Ryan Spriggs, and our original music is by Rhetoric. You can check them out on Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. We are on Facebook at Popcorn the Number Four Breakfast, as well as Twitter and Instagram at PFB underscore podcast. Check the description to find out how you can connect with us on Discord, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Twitch. If you like this episode, please subscribe, like, comment, rate, or review. And if you want more, you can find all of our episodes and videos on popcorn the number four breakfast.com. We'll see you next time. Yeah.